Welcome aboard, everybody. Thank you for joining us on the Pastor Mike Drop Podcast. I'm so excited about today's episode. With me, as always, is my co-host, Emily Langpaul. Hello. Hello, Emily. How are you today? Good. How are you? I am great. And we have some special guests, don't yes. we? Yes. Do you want to introduce them today? Sure. Dr. Bill Withers right here. Bill gets to lead our campuses and local sites. And with him is Jamie Richards, minister to our Revive community for young adults. Yeah, that was that that sums it up perfectly. So Jamie and Bill, welcome aboard. I'm really glad that you're both here. I'm glad that you wore matching colors almost. Right. Coordination. Color, color, yeah. color, really Seriously though, you didn't. You didn't, right? Just as God would have it. Mm, I don't know. <laughs> Actually, Bill came with seventeen shirts. <laughs> he was prepared. He had, the, had a whole rainbow of colors and then he checked to see what Jamie, Jamie was wearing. Color. Yeah, he's like, Okay, I'm going with the orange. The orange flannel. Mm-hmm. Good call, Bill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Jamie, you're a millennial. Mm-hmm. Emily, you are also in the yes, millennial I category. I don't mean to get too personal here. Bill and I, no. much to your surprise, mm-hmm. perhaps, are not millennials. Mm-hmm. What are you, Bill? Generation right on the fringe. Uh, okay, between yep. Boomer and X. X. Yep, mm-hmm. that'd be me too. So. So we're, I, I like to think that I sometimes am uh, bi-generational because I can, <laughs> I, I can, uh, can kind of understand the boomer yeah, mentality sure. and I can definitely understand the Gen X mentality, which is technically what I am, but just barely. I'm an old Xer. Correct. Um, and then, uh, you know, it's funny. When I was younger, I remember going to a big church conference at a church in Arizona, leadership conference, and there was a huge theme was on generations. And it was boomers trying to figure out us kids who are Gen Xers Mm. and and trying to figure out how can we do church for these Gen Xers. And what a massive challenge because they're so different. Um, And it was, you know, a lot of wringing of hands and and, and concern. But I don't, in my lifetime anyway, I've never heard more talk about generational stuff uh, than over millennials. Mm -hmm. And since you lead, Jamie, our... Uh, young adult ministry here, which is about 100% millennials, right? Pretty much. And Bill, you were a professor, uh, uh, communication arts, public relations at Wartburg College. And so you taught millennials for... for the better part of two decades. You saw a full generation yes. of millennials come by, right? Plus, plus part of the next one. So. Yeah. So you, uh, you, you certainly... In fact, most of your teaching career was yes. was teaching classrooms of millennials. Mm-hmm. So you... Uh, and you've done a lot of of thinking and talking and and sharing and presenting on this. Uh, so I'm glad that you're both here. We, with that, I think we're just about ready for the two-minute drill, don't you, Emily? Yeah. It's time. It's time for the two-minute drill. Two-minute drill. Let's dive in. Jamie, we're going to start with a question to you. How would you describe the generation of millennials? Ooh, they're busy slash we're busy. Mm-hmm. Because there are so many fun things to do, so many people to meet, and that's both if you're an introvert and an extrovert. Community is something that drives millennials' connection. They're called the connected generation. We're called the connected generation, not necessarily because we love connecting in person, but because we love connecting via the internet and technology. So um, connected or desiring connection, busy, there's a lot of anxiety because there's a lot of fun things to do. So how do you know what not to do? Um, and I think that millennials are really creative. Millennials try to find creative approaches to solutions that, um, to different 
to there's different things in our culture and our society that we try to approach differently and millennials feel like they have a creative way of answering some big problems i think so so it's not just the that's such a good description i think and it it's helpful that you are millennial uh, so you kind of live and breathe this there's the there's the sources for all that too right the whys the the environments that that mm-hmm. each generation grows up in help to shape Mm-hmm. who they are and, and, and why they end up with that view of the world uh, that each generation does. Bill, you think about that a lot, right? Oh, yeah. When it comes to not just who millennials are, but, but why millennials are? A generation, um, generally speaking, lasts about 15 to 20 years. And um, those generational characteristics are shaped by the things that happened during that era. For example, uh, millennials uh, would be 9-11. And that just has a very pervasive impact on them as they watched it on TV and have talked about it in classrooms ever since it happened. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Millennials are how old now, right? 24 to 39. That range will vary by years. Demographers don't always agree on the labels. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll call them Gen Y. We'll call them millennials. Mm -hmm. Uh, But 24 to 39. So young adults, but the older millennials starting to move toward toward 40 and, Mm -hmm. and dare I say it. Middle age. Middle age. Whoa. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> Young forever. Stay where I'm at. Forever 21 or something. <laughs> that, that's been attempted. Yeah, by just about every generation before you, I think. Yeah. <laughs> no one has succeeded. Unsuccessfully, right? Yes. Bill, what would you say you've learned about millennials from teaching them for the better part of two decades? Um, yeah, and, and teaching is, is one-dimensional because the other piece of being at a small private liberal arts college of the church is advising. So mm-hmm. you're coaching and advising. I never had a portfolio of less than 50 students at any one time. And then you get them for four years. What I've learned more than anything is that there are stereotypes that need to be broken. Mm-hmm. I'm very optimistic, as I'm sure Jamie would tell you about that generation and how they're going to lead us forward. Mm-hmm. Uh, very sensitive to things like environment mm-hmm. and sustainability. So those things are encouraging. And um, I think more than anything, to add to Jamie's comment earlier, they they long for a sense of purpose and a way to plug in and be a part of solutions. Mm. Um, so that's what I've learned over the last couple of decades. Mm. Jamie, you teach millennials too. I mean, you're you're frequently preaching almost every week to millennials, um, and preaching and teaching as a millennial to millennials. Yeah. What have you learned from that experience? Is is there are there any generational kinds of things that run through your mind as you prepare your messages and think about what you're going to say and uh, having that generation in mind as you as yeah. you get ready. I often think about the things that I think about. Mm-hmm. I think about whether or not this message matters to me. If it doesn't matter to me, one, why, why say it? Yeah. But two, if it matters to me, it probably matters to someone else who's a millennial. Um, and so I think about those things. I think about what's happening in the world. I think about how the church is relevant. I think about how Jesus has something to say about the things that are happening in our world and in our culture. It can be hard for any generation to open the Bible and figure out what Jesus says about the things Mm -hmm. that are relevant. So always trying to figure out a creative way to to translate Jesus. I think that's so important, too, in churches to have uh, an intergenerational team of teachers Mm -hmm. and and preachers. Uh, You're preaching... Uh, a lot, almost every week, uh, to that crowd. I know you have a whole team mm-hmm. that rotates through, mm-hmm. but you do. You're and still awesome. You're still the leader, right? Yep. Uh, we have people who are older. We have people who are younger. 
I think it's important to have any, every generation represented because while I think any of us can preach toward any generation, you are, you are who you are. And so, you have the life experience that you have and that is going to be a connecting point uh, mm-hmm. for some people. So, I think that makes the whole church stronger to be uh, intergenerational in our approach to, to teaching. Mm-hmm. For sure. Next question, are millennials misunderstood? And if so, how? <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. I think. Yes. yes. And I'm not even a millennial, yeah. right? You have a lot of millennial young adults in your family, though. I do. I'm, I'm very familiar with, mm-hmm. with millennial um, attitudes and thoughts and thinking and views on life. So, But I'm ask, we're asking you, yeah. Jamie. You want me to take this one first? Yeah, go for yeah. it. Go I think it. millennials are misunderstood, but also not misunderstood. Misunderstood in the way that millennials are simultaneously ruining the wine industry and supporting the wine industry. <laughs> I mean, you see headlines that contradict each other all of the time. Right. But millennials are are people who desire the same things that all people desire. Things like community, relationships, connection with God, to understand themselves, things like that. So, so but that leads to the to the question: If somebody's tuning into this podcast, do they start that vineyard or not? I mean, with, with the wine, yes. y- you do. Okay, I was just checking. <laughs> Bill, you even mentioned it. There are stereotypes. Yeah, yeah the, there was a stereotype. And there's great images online of those stereotypes. Um, uh, one is uh, that they return home and they live with their parents and they're you know living on a mattress under the steps in the basement, uh, gaming, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and that that is wrong. But I, I will tell you this: um, there is a significant number of them that have returned home, but they've returned for good reasons. Um, many are genuinely wanting to care for their families and their next generation grandparents, the next generation out. The other thing is uh, we don't ever talk about it. We do now, but not in relation to this. Uh, We've strapped them with debt, um, Mm. college and university debt. So it's very hard for some of them to launch and go out and be out there by themselves independently. I'll add to that. I just saw a study come across the desk of Eric Payton, who sits next to me at work, who oversees Financial Peace University here. So Mm -hmm. this came across his desk, and he shared it with me, that Des Moines, if you look at a survey of the cities in the United States, who has the most debt uh, in young adulthood, Des Moines is number three for student debt, particularly. Mm -hmm. Later in life, it will turn into credit card debt, but it's still in the the student debt. So we have a lot of young adults struggling with paying off bills. Correct. Mm -hmm. It's alarming, and I know I heard the bell, but you were in higher education Mm -hmm. for two decades, uh, Bill, and that student debt issue is real, isn't it? I mean, what, what it does for for a financial future is is quite a challenge. You're looking at somewhere between on average thirty to fifty thousand dollars in debt. That's for undergraduate only. If you go on to graduate, law, medical, it's easily six figures. So to expect them to just be able to wrap their head around that and figure it out, it takes decades and decades for them to get out of that debt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I have a daughter who went to med school, uh, and she married a guy who is in med school. <laughs> Imagine mm-hmm. their student loans. Sure. I mean, yeah. I, I, I I pray for them. I I know they'll find a way through, but it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's absolutely overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, and that'll be. Let me just plug this, Emily. Mm-hmm. Right? That'll be the subject of a podcast upcoming. Not just student debt, but but financial peace yeah. and finding financial peace, whatever your generation in a. Uh, Bible-based way, because the Bible actually has a lot to say 
yeah. about these things and about how we can find freedom when it comes to money. Because whether people have a lot or a little, not a lot of us have freedom when it mm. comes to finances. Uh, we, we, most of us don't hold our finances, our finances hold us. Yeah. So I'm glad you brought that up, but let's get back to... Next gener- question. Yes, Go generational yes. millennial stuff. Why are millennials missing in most churches? Hmm. That's a really good question. Mm-hmm. It's, re- it's important for us to think about as the church. Yeah. There's several reasons. One, uh, I'm just thinking quickly because we have, this is quick, uh, a lack of awesome leadership. We're blessed with amazing leaders here at Hope. Um, there is a study that recently came out that showed that young adults think that we're in a, a leadership crisis in our country. And so strong leadership is really important. Um, young adults don't always see the qualities that they're looking for in leaders in churches. So there's a leadership crisis. Uh, they might not feel like they fit in church. A young adult might walk in and see a ton of people that look like their parents. And while they might want to connect there, it's hard for them to connect because they don't have a sense of community in in where they are. So that's another challenge. Um, whether or not they feel like the church's teaching is authentic, real, if it mm-hmm. actually matters, makes a difference. Um, am I able to, when I go to church, figure out a way to marry what's happening in the rest of my life with, with what's happening and how I feel? Um, led towards God? What's my sense of spirituality? Where do I feel God speaking to me? And how do those things intersect? And if a church isn't able to make that jump from one side to the other, then a a young adult's probably not very interested in spending their time at church Mm -hmm. or that church. Mm -hmm. Fascinating. And there's some things there that I'd like to to bring out a little bit later in our deeper dive too. Emily, you were saying? Well, and I think back to the first question, you talked about their busyness and their attachment to devices. And so if they can get it, they have to see the value in walking in the building. And so if they have Mm -hmm. all these things in their mind piling against it Mm -hmm. of uh, that authenticity piece and what they see and if they fit and if they're already so busy and overwhelmed, they just have a lot of things in their mind against it. They are the... Of the four generations, we're not looking at the youngest, but of the four generations, they lag the other three generations by the greatest gap of belonging or being members of any church organization. And the first thing they will do walking in the door is size them up and say, as Jamie said, is there anyone else here like me? Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. So, next question, spin off of that one. Where do millennials turn to find spirituality, meaning, and direction in life? Hmm. Can I ask you what you think first? Uh, Yeah. I know what I think, but I'm curious. Yeah. So I think that they're turning to anything that uh, feels like it might be the right fit. Yeah. I think there are a lot of things, uh, avenues of people sending messages to millennials and to anybody else. And so I think that whatever seems to fit your life at that time, Mm -hmm. you kind of go with it. Mm Mm-hmm. I think the millennials have a pretty good radar mm-hmm. in terms of like, yeah, that pans out. That vibes well. That seems like they're being honest. Mm-hmm. I would be interested in learning from this person. So mm-hmm. I think about um, a lot of the young adults that I work with are curious to know what God thinks. And so they watch all sorts of different pastors and sermons online. I'm always fascinated to know who people are listening to. And like, wow, you watch sermons in your free time? Like you Chromecast it onto your TV? Cool. You like watch sermons at home. So I know a lot of young uh, – wow, words are hard sometimes. (laughs) I know a lot of young adults at Revive that watch sermons in their free time, and that's awesome. Mm -hmm. And then Instagram, social media, maybe it's cliche, but I think – I mean, that's oftentimes where I go. I like seeing – 
what different accounts post as I scroll. I like to have a wide variety of different things that I follow, but there's a lot of God-centered stuff in my Facebook feed, my Instagram feed, all that sort of stuff. So, Let me take yeah. a quick shot at that. I think they would also tell you they're finding meaning in family and probably career yep. and because of the other issue we just mentioned, money. Mm. So that's not a negative stereotype. It's just where they have to focus. Yeah, it is, and it, it's the reality. Okay, so uh, as we transition from two-minute drill to what we call the deeper dive, there's several things in the conversation that we've already had that, that really stand out for me. Um, you both spoke about authenticity mm-hmm. and how important that is. If we're going to spin this in a more positive direction, uh, instead of just why are millennials missing from church, what can a church do? What can Christians do? What can somebody who's listening say, I, I hear this all the time from, from other pastors who will call and will say, okay, so what are you doing to reach young adults? What are you doing to, like there's some trick or, the, or there's some program or there's some secret key, right, that's going to unlock the door. You just have to add some drums and worship and that'll do it. Uh, or you just have to... Um, you know, uh, preach a series of sermons on this subject, and that'll do it. Or you just have to, uh, I don't know what, I mean, do do something that some other church they heard of did somewhere along the way that is able to attract a lot of young adults. I find that not overly effective, typically beyond a specific church, that it's hard to transfer those things from one to another. I think there are deeper issues here. And I think authenticity, which you both mentioned and you spoke about too, in addition to, Emily, you brought up what Jamie brought up, Mm. that busyness. And look, I I don't have time for fake, right? Mm -hmm. I I, I don't have time to have to sit and listen to somebody who's inauthentic, who um, is doing this for some sort of ulterior motive. Like, okay, well, you're a boomer, you know, okay, boomer, right? Uh, or, okay, Gen Xer, right? You're, you are who you are, and you're just doing this because you just want to get more of my generation to come hang out at your church. It's pretty, pretty easy to smell that. Yeah. And, and so, I've found, I don't know exactly why Hope is good at reaching millennials. We are. I, I think we could do better. I think every church could do better. Mm-hmm. So I'm not saying, okay, we've arrived. Everyone just figure out what we're doing. It's not that at all. But I do think part of the reason we've been able to have um, no small amount of success in, in, in making sure that whole generation is represented well here at Hope <coughs> is we haven't had time to fake it. <laughs> I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it, we are who we are, and I'm not going to pretend to be 32 years old. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to, this is how I've dressed my whole life. And I'm not going to get a millennial hairstyle and millennial clothes and, and do a whole millennial thing. Just, to, I, I don't think that's what millennials are looking for. At least mm-hmm. I'm saying that, saying I hope that's not what they're looking for because I can't do that. <laughs> but I think they're looking for something deeper. Mm-hmm. Do either of you want to speak to that? One of the things that comes to mind is about the mental health care crisis that we have and just the constant low-lying anxiety and depression that are underneath a lot of the operating systems of a millennial. 
And so I think that's part of why the authenticity is really important Mm -hmm. um, because, man, I can barely make it. I feel like I'm faking it till I make it. I'm under the water line and I'm just trying to keep my head above water. I'm not looking for solutions from someone who hasn't been there themselves, who just found a cliche somewhere and they're willing to like talk about it until they're blue in the face. Like I want something real because I want to know that you felt the way that I felt. And I want to know that you have something that's actually going to help me. I have genuine concerns about my friends who are pastors who kind of sell their souls and their honesty (laughs) to try to act millennial or try to act younger or try try to be hip. This is like the science teacher I had in ninth grade who tried to be a ninth grader, you know. So <laughs> yeah, I'm your friend, you guys. You know, I, I'm I'm really cool, just like you guys. I'm I'm one of you. No, you're not. You're like our dad. And that's okay. We a lot of us love our dads, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or or somebody your age. Or we love the teacher we have for math class right before you who just acts like herself. Uh, and and that's genuine. I I just think there's something to that. Bill, you were going to add to it. Well, I was going to say some of it is logistics. Um, the this generation is very very busy, and that includes the weekends. And I'm not going to pass judgment or or push shame on on weekend activities yep. for young adults and their children. So your question was, what could a church do? Or I mean, some of that is being creative around schedules. Mm-hmm. We have a very vibrant and alive revive ministry yep. that's on a weeknight. Mm-hmm. We have another worship service that's on a different weeknight mm-hmm. to try and accommodate busy lives. We have a very robust college university ministry at two state regents schools. We're going to do another one. So those types of things, I'm not holding uh, Lutheran Church of Hope up as a model, but I'm saying we're at least out there on the edge trying to think about how to engage next gens. Does that make sense? Mm. It makes a lot of sense. Is is there an advantage? And Emily, you please feel free to chime in on this too, as as a millennial. Is there an advantage that millennials see to say? Do, do millennials, as a rule, and this is hard because there's going to be you know some who say yes and some who say no. But as you see it, and based on your experience in ministry, two millennials, both of you, do millennials see an advantage of being in an intergenerational climate? in addition to having kind of their own thing. So, you know, we have Revive for Young Adults. That's almost exclusively millennials. Mm-hmm. And then we have every other ministry that we do, including weekend services. And that's probably our biggest draw for millennials is on weekends. Mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. is, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. You know, tons and tons and tons are coming, and they're sitting down next to the 68-year-olds and the mm-hmm. 14-year-olds, the older, the younger, the everything in between. Do... Do younger, young adult generations, from your perspective, see that as an advantage, or it's just a, uh, well, whatever, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter? And there, that's, I'm not trying to lead toward an answer. I really mm-hmm. am curious. Yeah. I think it's a yes with an asterisk. Mm-hmm. I think for me, my first ministry job in a church was with an incredible congregation. It was wonderful. Had a ton of awesome families, older adults, but there weren't a ton of young adults. Mm-hmm. I loved the relationships that I built with the people that were there. I needed mentors in my life. A lot of them kind of just emotionally adopted me, and that was wonderful. And so, and I remember when I was in the process of coming here at Hope, I was like, oh man, this place is really big. There's got to be some like weird Kool-Aid or something. (laughs) And then I came on my very first Sunday, I walked in, was overwhelmed. Someone met me at the New to Hope area, walked me Mm -hmm. in, sat down. I was really overwhelmed. And as the service progressed and I looked around, I was like, 
these are really normal people. Like, they're not shiny people. They don't look fake. Like, there's Joe in his plaid over there with his, like, muddy work <laughs> boots. And then here's, like, Susie, Grandma, whatever. And then there's some kids with and families. And then there's also y- young adults. It, it was a really attractive thing for me. But I So, yes, and also I know my experience being in a church where there weren't a ton of young adults was really difficult for me. So, mm-hmm. I think it's if I could see myself here, if there's other people here like me, and mm-hmm. also right. if I could be mentored here, that's a, a win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's important to know that you fit. Right. Mm-hmm. It's important to know you're not the only one. It's one of the top things. And, and yeah. even subconsciously, I think we walk into any room. It doesn't have to be church. You, you can walk into any social gathering. You can walk into anything. Is, is this for me? I mean, mm-hmm. do, do I fit here? Do I belong here? Um, we, Millennials do that with their employers. Ah. They'll walk in and mm-hmm. there's a stereotype that they won't stay at a job very long, but that's because they walk in and, and I don't see an Emily or a Jamie. So this is probably not for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That. It's, it's really hard. I've read lots of studies, research on this. It's really hard for churches to expand past one generation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, they tend to start with what they've got, and then they just grow old with that generation. And age out. just kind of age out, yeah. and then they start to decline and, mm-hmm. and fade away. For whatever reason, God has really blessed us here at Hope in allowing us to uh, connect to multiple generations all at once. And so, if you come in here... We even did this in a service not that long ago. We had people of different generations stand up mm-hmm. uh, along the way, and it was fascinating because there were massive representation for each group. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm just the whole time I said, I almost I had a tear. I'm like, thank you, God, because this is mm. so rare. Yeah. yeah, and I don't know that we did a whole lot to deserve that, other than. The, the authenticity thing, because I don't know that we know what to do anything else. Well, and I think that there's a big piece there where the first step would be to value each generation. And so, I yes. hear Jamie talking uh, about we're willing to do different things to meet a generation where they're at. And so, if they're more comfortable identifying a community of other young adults, we're going to do that. If we need to provide different service times to make things more accessible, we're going to try that. You have to value that age group and demographic first and foremost. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's huge. I think I think you articulated something that I feel but never really put words on, Emily. That's that's good. It yeah, they everyone needs to feel valued. Yeah. It's it's our it's a human need. And I think that's one of the things that's one of the ingredients of what's working here is there are older generations looking at people like Emily and I and saying, we care about your voice. Here, have a microphone. Mm-hmm. It's not like, right. hey, you have a voice. Come sit in on our meeting and yeah. don't tell us really what you it, think because we don't want to hear it. But like, as long as we have a representative, we'll, no, like I feel like my voice is important and heard. And I know a lot of other generations do here. And I think that that's a strength. Yeah. The other, I think, play that the church has for millennials is that we are looking for purpose and a way to serve. And our church is an incredible way to do that. Mm -hmm. And so there are tons of opportunities here at Hope and in all kinds of local churches to get involved and to do that. Underneath that, and this is for any church leaders, but but I think beyond just church leaders, anybody who's tuning in and is is leading anywhere in life, Mm -hmm. right? Watch how much further you can go or or how experiences can open up when you don't care who gets the credit anymore. Mm. So part of shared leadership and part of team teaching, instead of me saying, oh, no, I, some people would rather hear Jamie preach than me, you know, and, and I could get really 
uh, offended or nervous or jealous or and, and think, oh, no, I, it's got to be me. I, I'm the one who needs to be the young adult preacher. Or if our, if our uh, you know, people who are teaching junior high power life mm-hmm. were very popular, right, with the junior <laughs> high power life crowd, if they were like, well, it's not, it, it's not cool until I'm teaching the older people folks too. It it has to be everybody. It's amazing how much more can get done and how much more can get accomplished and how much more we can see when we don't care who gets the credit. And that's, that's, um, that's authenticity too, because it's admitting I can't be everything to everyone as much as I might Mm -hmm. want to. So maybe better to comfortably figure out who I am and just embrace that. And then Build teams. Mm-hmm. Find Jamie, right? Find mm-hmm. Emily. Find Bill. Find find different generations. Find 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 people who want to do church together, who share common mission, common goals, right. common vision, uh, who all have right the same need to be loved by God. All have a love for God and a passion to share His love with the world around us. Mm-hmm. Those things are intergenerational. Yeah, because God's equipped all of them with gifts, and God believes in every generation yeah. to mm-hmm. do a powerful thing. Yeah. And so we need to do the same. What's amazing to me is generational stuff isn't new either, right? Mm-hmm. Generational oh. stuff has oh. been around as long as people have been around. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I wonder what it was like back in Jesus' day if everybody's like, oh, well, you know, that's, that some of those disciples are just too young or, mm-hmm. or, or whatever. That's, they're, they're in that crowd. <laughs> They're the um, BC people or something, you know. It, it, it's just not the same group. But I, one of the most amazing things about Jesus is he's proven to be intergenerational. Mm-hmm. There's never been a generation that didn't connect with Jesus Christ mm-hmm. in, in the history of Jesus. Right, mm-hmm. ever since he showed up, he's connected with every single generation. So all this panic. And I want to hear what you guys have to say about this. All, all this panic about, oh no, Jesus just isn't connecting with this generation. I, wh- wh- what are we going to do? And, and mm-hmm. God must be wringing hands up in heaven over this and, and really upset and concerned. How am I going to reach this generation? I think that's overstated. My feeling, your thoughts. Mm. One of the verses that always comes to mind to me when I think about this is there's a verse in Isaiah where uh, the prophet speaking God's word says, behold, I'm making new rivers through a dry wasteland and I'm bringing new life to places that are dead. And I think about how God is not unfamiliar with doing things differently in different generations. Mm -hmm. And so empowering young adults or when we're not young adults anymore, the next people who are young adults like Gen Z is now entering the workforce. Mm -hmm. So they're becoming true young adults mm-hmm. in the workforce. So, what does it look like to see what God is doing in a different generation and in, in a new generation then, and then get on board with that? Mm-hmm. Um, and one of, the, one of the favorite things that I feel like I've done in the last couple of years is, and you, you guys know about this, but there, I had the unique opportunity to work at a nightclub here in Des Moines. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and so, I and just kind did of a, it. Kind of a crazy one. Too. Kind of a crazy and, one. It's and a I don't mean disco. crazy like in some sort of wild over the top, right, no. wrong, wrong way. But yeah. Just describe it. It's a silent disco. They're sweeping the nation, much like karaoke did (laughs) a while ago. So you walk in, you get a pair of headphones, really similar to these. There's three different channels that you can listen to. There's a live DJ playing one of the all of those channels, and then your headphones light up according to which DJ you're listening to. And so I was in in charge of the employees who like if you come in, you want a pair of headphones. I'm in charge of the employees that you talk to to get those. 
So anyway, so I did it because so you, you saw a lot. I, I did see. A lot. <laughs> you didn't. You didn't hear saw much. Some things I'd like to see unsee. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I just I remember thinking when I got involved, I was I was really deep in my work here, and I didn't have a ton of contact with young adults that weren't coming to church. Mm. And I I wanted to do something that I hadn't done before to stay connected with people my age that may never be interested in coming to church, but I wanted to make sure that I was still present and there and building relationships, and it was good for me. That's so cool. Bringing, <laughs> bringing the gospel where people are instead of just waiting for them to show mm-hmm. up where we are, mm-hmm. so faithful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, so, it's so Christ-like. It, it got weird sometimes, but it, yeah. it was fun. <laughs> I'm sure it got weird for Jesus, too. Yeah. You know, I mean, he had a reputation for hanging around with interesting, colorful he probably crowds. probably would have gone to a silent disco and loved it. Probably. I still don't quite... My, my Gen X... Like disposition is like, I don't get it, but 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 <laughs> I get that it's embraced and popular, and mm-hmm. and that it's doing something like yeah. it, the new it's, thing. It, it is a, a thing. thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. It is. A we are thing. wearing headphones, but it is very different. It is. Yeah. Very different. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I'm I'm t- I, I I totally go to those places all the time. Yeah, <laughs> that would be like. Breaking everything else I've said so far. And now I'm trying to imagine that as tall as he is to have him actually go. Yeah, Yeah, well. That'd be great. I'm just a freak. I I show up in places. It's really hard to hide. I would go. Sally and I were in Kansas City this weekend uh, to visit our local site down there, which was really exciting and great. But sometimes I just feel so, like like my head is just above ever. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Being tall isn't always that great because. We just get there. We're walking around this mall, and three different people from Hope come up over the next eight minutes. Yep. Pastor Mike and Sally, what are you guys doing? Anyway, I like people, so that's okay. Feel free to approach and say hi. I, I always people. enjoy it. Yeah. I do. Yeah. But it's, I said to Sally, I said, or she said to me, she goes, it's kind of hard for you to hide, isn't it? It's kind of <laughs> hard for you to duck. And I don't mind. Jamie, uh, tell us a little bit more about Revive. Uh, let's do a plug. Like, when does it meet this ministry for young adults at Hope? Yeah. And how would people get connected? Great question. Revive happens every single Thursday night here at the West Moyne campus at 7 p.m. Uh, people, you know, ask, are you meeting over the summer? Yes. Are you meeting on this holiday week? Yes. We meet every single week. And the thing that I love about it is that it's all young adult led and attended. Mm-hmm. It's not done f- by a different generation for this generation. Right. So we have a team of young adult, um, a preaching team. We have uh, an all young adult worship team, all young adult production team, all young adult greeting team. All of the teams are young adults. And so uh, if you walk in, know that not everyone knows everyone. That's the farthest thing from the case. It can be easy for any young person to walk in and think, everyone knows everyone here. And mm-hmm. there's a place for anyone who wants to walk in. Mm-hmm. There really is. You, you guys do so many things so well. Hospitality is one of them. And our daughter was here as as she was uh, working right out of grad school and just absolutely was overwhelmingly blessed by the Revive community. We were uh, blessed by her. We missed well, her a lot. That's the best way, right, is when yeah. it goes both directions. Mm-hmm. But so, so many young adults have made lifelong friends there. They mm-hmm. truly are sisters and brothers in mm-hmm. Christ. They They will go through everything together now. Um, as as time goes on, and that's that's a holy thing too. Mm-hmm. The way God builds community. Yeah, we've had a lot of 
people get married because they met someone yep. at Revive. There was just another proposal this last week. Nice. Four years ago when I started, I came on a night where someone proposed after Revive. Wow. That is not a guarantee that if yeah. you come so to it's Revive. it's not a singles. Good, no. claim, right? good question. It's not, <laughs> not a singles. Not a singles club. Right. Yeah, no. Oh, man. Co- yeah, no. married couples attend. Right. And, sure. Right. Sure. Yeah, yeah, lots of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. No, we don't, we don't want to say, but... Isn't that cool when that happens? It is. Mm-hmm. Right? When when true love breaks breaks out. After all, we worship a God of love, right? Mm-hmm. He's kind of for that. He invented the whole mm-hmm. marriage thing yeah. and stuff. That's that's mm-hmm. a good thing. Mic drop moment times, uh, which is the part of the episode that we wrap up with. Uh, something that you learned in our conversation. Uh, either you learned something that you said that really stood out for you, but more likely... <laughs> Something that you learned when somebody else said it. And it doesn't have to be some profound, profound over the top, like the mic dropped and my whole world changed. But huh, I never really thought about it like that before. Mm-hmm. Or that's a new revelation because we always learn things when, when, our, when our minds are open to that. So what, what did you learn here today, Emily Lang Paul? What yeah. was the mic drop moment for you? Uh, Jamie, you read that or said that verse uh, and then mentioned that. God is not unfamiliar with doing a new thing to reach new generations. And I just think that's a powerful reminder. Uh, and I get to lead youth ministry, and that's a good reminder for all generations to come. Uh, but if God is in the business of doing that and being willing to to do new things, then I think that I want to do that too. Amen. Cool. Dr. Bill, what, what did you learn here today? I think it was your question about what the other local churches could do not to lift hope up and put it under you know, the microscope, but what else, what would you tell a pastor or somebody else to do about Gen Y millennials or growing that ministry? What it, what God revealed to me just in that moment in that question was how we are actually very intergenerational now with mm-hmm. Hope Kids, Vacation Bible School, yeah. Power Life, Ignition, mm-hmm. Revive, Kairos to Weekend Worship. And the, I, I just had this panoramic view when you asked the question, so your your question to me is your your moment. That was my moment. Was like goodness. That's what the church has to be about mm-hmm. all across all generations. Even if it's a millennial parent dropping their kid off for VBS this summer and not going inside other than to pick their child up, it works. Absolutely, it works. Mm-hmm. Yep, good stuff. Jamie Richards. I was struck by what Emily was sharing about value and being valued and knowing that your voice has yeah. value mm-hmm. and. We're a church, we value people, but I think it's it's always good for us to check in about different ways that we can find new ways of showing people that we value them. Mm. That's something that I want to keep thinking about is Revive is awesome and we have awesome volunteers yeah. and ju- they just kill it. They kill it every single week. I'm so blessed to be a part <laughs> of such an incredible young adult ministry. And how can we still level up our ability to show that we value everyone who walks through the door as an individual? Yeah, that people are created with certain needs, right? Human needs, and to be valued, as we talked about before, uh, is one of them. I'm, I'm, you, you kind of by going last, the mic drop moment sometimes <laughs> might get risky. might get taken. So, but that's okay because that's where I was going to go. But i i want to I want to also add this in addition to some of the things that you guys dropped, like the the information that millennials in Iowa have massive student debt to um, the, the thing that you both mentioned uh, as our guests, the authenticity being so important. I picked up something non-verbally from you, Jamie, as a millennial leader of a millennial ministry. 
which is a real non-anxious kind of uh, approach to this. It's all good. I mean, it's it's going to be okay. We, It's not like what we're trying to connect young adults to is something that is elusive or impossible mm-hmm. to find or that, that we won't find. And, and to be people of faith, among other things, means to walk with confidence and, and not freak out uh, about the latest study or, or, mm-hmm. or research poll or, or whatever it might be that says millennials are you know, in numerical freefall decline away from the church and there's no hope. What I get from that nonverbal, non-anxious presence in everything that you've said, and you too, Bill, is there's hope. And oh, yeah. and our hope mm-hmm. is well placed, and it's it's going to be just fine. And I want to encourage people who are tuning in from other churches uh, or just Christians who found this, who think, oh well, there's never going to be any hope here for mm-hmm. young adult generations, or even especially for younger than that, and it, it's over and and it's done. Uh, re- read your church history. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And, and you will be reassured over and over and over again that this pendulum swings all the time uh, and, and moves back and forth. And there are seasons of revival, and there are seasons when certain generations statistically start to fall away. But things develop and things change, and we take the long view on these things, and there's more than a little bit of hope. Mm-hmm. So it's a good thing that's the name of our church, maybe, huh? <laughs> yeah, you think? Funny how that works. Funny how that works. Can't thank you guys enough. Yeah. That went fast. Thanks, Thanks for having us. This we've, is fun. We've used up all our time, but um, yeah, we'll have you back and we'll talk some more about all these things and, and many, many more. Mm-hmm. Thanks for tuning in to all of you. Uh, if you like the podcast, hit a like button or a subscribe button or give us that wonderful five-star review. Um, not just because it's nice, uh, but because people who know more about these things than me tell me that's a great way to spread the word. Uh, and then more and more people will get their eyes and ears on the gospel that's being shared here, the good news of God's love. So just to help spread the gospel, uh, do something positive like that, and we would be greatly appreciated. We're honored you took some time uh, to tune into this podcast today. Really grateful. And Emily, we got some... Really good stuff. Yeah, we always do. I always say that at the end. <laughs> yeah. But we have this list, and we've got guests coming mm-hmm. in, and we've got some incredible stories that are going to be shared and some great topics and conversations. So stay tuned to Pastor Mike Drop, this new podcast. And uh, we love you guys, and more importantly, God loves you. So we'll see you next time. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in today to the Pastor Mike Drop podcast. We would invite you on whatever app you are on to rate and review us to help get the word out. And in the meantime, if you can join us for worship, we would love to have you. We'll see you there.